When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's Wednesday, May 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians uh, suffer a 7-3 loss in uh, Houston on Tuesday night. Uh, it was Jose Ramirez and, and not a lot uh, of, of help offensively until they scratched out a couple of runs late. Uh, Framber Valdez really, uh, you know, sort of held them down through seven innings, came as advertised, but uh, not not before Jose, uh, you know, really sort of turned some heads and, and, and made everybody sort of stop and watch uh, a 12-pitch at-bat that ended in a home run off Valdez in the first inning. How impressive was that at bat for Jose Ramirez? Oh my God. That was the best. That was so much fun, Joe. I was sitting watching here on TV, watching it. And just to, you know, the, that mounting kind of tension of it, foul ball, foul ball. He's throwing 96. He's throwing 80 mile an hour changeups. He's, you know, he's trying to desperately to get him out. And then you you see him walk, you see him Valdez walk off the back of the mound. He's, he's soaked in sweat. He's wipe, you know, he's wiping his forehead and he's smiling. He said, like he said, I, this guy's seen everything I got and I can't, I still can't get him out. It was, uh, it was right before the 12th pitch of the at bat. Uh, it was after the 11th pitch, the, the press box uh, speaker snapped on and uh, the, the official score leans into the microphone and he goes, the next at, uh, next pitch of this at bat will be the 12th uh, against Ramirez. And as soon as he said it, Valdez throws the pitch and Ramirez hits the home run. It was, it was like he was predicting it, but uh, you know, I, I, a couple of people turned and, and sort of looked as like, Hey, you had to say something, didn't you? Uh, it was a, uh, it was a sinker that, that uh, Valdez left basically over the middle of the plate. And you, you don't make mistakes in the middle of the plate to Jose Ramirez. They get hit a long way. Uh, it's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, 11 home runs. He finishes the night with 43 RBIs, leading uh, leading baseball still. Uh, he continues to do things every night that, you know, make you stop and say, boy, this kid is one of the best players in the game. Yeah, you know, I love that quote uh, from Luke Maley uh, yesterday, you know, on Monday. And, and somebody asked him, <clears throat> you know, you're a backup catcher. How do you, how do you stay sharp between starts? And he goes, I'm just having fun watching the best player in, in baseball every night in and night out. 
And th that quote kind of jumped out at me, you know, because right now, Jose Ramirez is the best player in baseball. He's he's worth the price of admission right now, Joe. I mean, because you just don't know what he's going to do from one at bat to the next. Right. And it's 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 a combination of all the things, uh, you know, putting the ball in play, driving the ball, uh, RBIs, home runs, extra base hits running the bases like a madman. Uh, he had a stolen base last night. You know, he, he doesn't need, he doesn't need to be out there stealing bases. He doesn't need to be risking himself at, at this point, uh, a in his career and B in this season, uh, the way things have gone for the guardians offense, you know, he's more valuable at the plate, but, but he's out there taking bases and, uh, you know, he plays the game the right way as, as Terry Francona said, uh, after the game, dusty Baker, Terry Francona, Framber Valdez, Zach Plesac, Ernie Clement, uh, all had uh, just, you know, nothing but effusive praise for, for Ramirez, who, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of the reporters uh, from Houston on the way uh, back up to the press box, and their, their take is, you know, why doesn't this guy talk? Why doesn't this guy do press after every game? They were expecting just a crush of, of reporters around his locker after the game, and I had to explain to them, you know, that's, that's not the way it works with Jose. Uh, you know, he, he could hit two, three home runs in a game and, and not do, do an interview afterwards because he, he's just, he's just not like that. It's, it's just not something that he really, you know, embraces. And, and probably, probably one of the reasons why he stays in Cleveland is because he can get away with that here and, and not, uh, not in New York or Chicago or LA. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, uh, I mean, if you want to talk to him, you got to get a, the interpreter, you know, so, but I mean, he'll talk, he's not going to blow you off, but, you know, I think he, he likes it this way. He's got that invisible shield, you know, kind of keep, you know, when he wants to talk, he'll talk. And when he doesn't want to talk, he, he you know, he's got to kind of gets out of the, the clubhouse early, but I mean, I don't think that's a reflective of his, of his personality. No, not at all. He's, he's got the big personality. I, I just think it's um, he could be, a face of the game, uh, you know, a, a Mike Trout, uh, a Shohei Otani, something like that, the way he's promoted, but he, he doesn't, it's not like that because the, he just, he's not willing to put himself out there as much. He is, his teammates love him. They think he's hilarious and they, they love being around him. It's just, uh, you know, as far as fans go and as far, as far as the, you know, the promotional machine that major league baseball has historically just been pathetic about, um, you know, they, they don't, they haven't really latched onto this guy and it's a shame because, because he's so much fun. If you're a baseball fan, a, a fan of the game to, to watch him play. Yeah. And, and you know, the language barrier comes into it, I think, right. you know, and that's who that that's nobody's fault. I mean, if, <laughs> but I, I, I do think that plays a big role in that. Right. Well, uh, no language barrier, no barrier at all for, for Framber Valdez the rest of the way out after that, uh, that home run. Uh, he, he did a really good job of, of keeping Cleveland's bats in check. It's a, a theme that we've, we've seen, uh, you know, they average better than seven runs a game in their wins. They average just over two runs a game in their, in their losses. And this was, uh, this was right about average for them, uh, you know, in the first two games of this series. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Valdez was really, really good. Seven innings, three hits, three runs, you know, four strikeouts, doesn't walk anybody, uh, and he like he recovered after that uh, that twelve pitch uh, you know at bat with uh, Ramirez he recovered really nicely and uh, 
So he gets credit for that. But uh, as you said, Joe, the, the offense is Jekyll and Hyde again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zach Plesak didn't, didn't help himself out uh, too much uh, in the game. Uh, you know, another uh, struggle, uh, nine hits, seven earned runs, uh, gave up a three-run home run late to Kyle Tucker. Uh, but at that point, it was three to one. And, uh, you know, there were just some things about his outing that, that sort of didn't sit well. Uh, the, the, the sliders that he, he kept missing with, uh, you know, when he throws that slider and it's good, it's a really tough pitch, but he throws a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I think hitters are, are, are sort of starting to hunt it. Yeah. You know, I, it, it had to be a frustrating uh, start for Zach. I mean, and we've seen this before. I mean, he retires the first eight guys, you know, he's cruising. He's, he's in good shape. He's got a one nothing lead. Then, you know, in the third inning, he's got two outs. He hits the number nine hitter, mm-hmm. you know, Maldonado, the catcher. And from there, the thing just spins out of control. And you wonder, you know, we see this, you see this all the time with young pitchers. When something doesn't go right, you know, and and it, it, it upsets their flow, and all of a sudden they can't get it back. And from that point on, he was a different pitcher, Joe. I don't know what you saw, but that, that's what I saw, you know, watching on TV. Well, it, it happened again uh, later in the game as well, where he got the two outs. And, and gave up another run in the, um, I, I believe, or gave up, uh, yeah, in the in the fourth inning, he did the same thing. You know, he got two ground ball outs and then a single by Jeremy Pena and the uh, the double to Chaz McCormick. Now, the, the double to Chaz McCormick uh, was a ball that, you know, I don't know if they're playing in a different ballpark, maybe it, the, the result might be different because of the, the way the left fielder is playing. Plus, you have Ernie Clement out there making what its fourth start in left field uh, in a, an unusual ballpark, so or an unusually shaped, you know, left field. That ball was sort of hit to where those Crawford boxes jut out into left field, and then there's like a corner behind that, and the ball sort of turned Ernie around a little bit. Maybe he's playing in a different spot if that game's at Progressive Field or or, or another ballpark, but. Uh, just a tough play overall. Terry Francona didn't fault Ernie Clement, uh, you know, for for not being able to make the play. But obviously, afterwards, Clement, uh, you know, said it was a play he should have made. Yeah, and, and what they scored a bunch of runs with two outs against Plesac, mm-hmm. and that that's the, the you know that's that really has to you know frustrate you know a pitcher, frustrate the manager, the pitching coach. You know, you've got to be able to finish an inning and. Uh, you know, last night, Plesak was was an, uh, unable to do that. Yeah, and it, it, maybe it's, uh, you know, indicative of, you know, some focus or emotions. I, but when you talk to Plesak after the game, his emotions are really steady. He's very, he's very calm, very understated, you know, after a game. He's never really, you know, fired up or, or, or any of that. I just, you, you wonder... You know, Tristan McKenzie seems to have figured out, you know, how to get himself reset after giving up a home run or giving up a, a hard hit ball. Uh, you know, Zach Plesak's got a few more years of experience on, on Tristan McKenzie. Maybe there's, a, you know, some advice to be shared there or something. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's really, really competitive like all those guys are. And, you know, he's got some problems, you know, controlling his emotions on the mound when when stuff goes, you know, when stuff goes, gets sideways. And, you know, like our old buddy Sheldon Ocker always told me from the Akron Beacon Journal, Hall of Fame baseball writer, it takes about five years to learn how to pitch in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so this is still a learning process for these guys. And, you know, I think uh, I think that that's what we're seeing right here. And hopefully, you know, police act, you know, gets it straightened out and gets, you know, can get on a run here. Well, like we've seen McKenzie and Beaver because, you know, the train is moving now. That rotation is picking up steam and he doesn't want to be the caboose on this thing. Right. Uh, we talked, uh, you know, before we started recording here, uh, what are the possibilities of, you know, maybe making a change in the rotation? You've got Savali and Plesak both, you know, sort of up and down right now. And Terry Francona, notorious for sticking with his veterans, sticking with his guys, giving them, uh, you know, a lot of leash there. Uh, I don't think you see either Savali or Plesak come out of this rotation anytime soon, if at all this year, uh, unless there's an injury or a concern about fatigue. Um, you know, and that, you know, concern about fatigue, you would have, I would have more with, McKenzie, you know, maybe you give him a couple of breaks and you stick an Eli Morgan in there for a, a spot starter too, as a, as like an opener of some sort, but I, yeah, I can't see either Savali or, or Plesek going anywhere a, because it would require a lot of, of movement around, you know, and B Eli Morgan, Sam Henches are, are doing a great job in the bullpen right now. Yeah. Joe, I, I mean, Whenever a question like that is brought up to Francona, are you going to make a move, even if it's not in the rotation? You know, are you going to take your shortstop out? Are you going to make a change? You know, at, at in in center field, he goes, "All right, you know, it's it's easy to say that, but who do you replace him with?" Mm-hmm. And that you know, like you just said, Henkes and uh, uh, and and Morgan, you know, they're not even stretched out anymore. You'd have to send them down to. Uh, Columbus to get stretched out to be you know to be able to be a factor in the rotation and who who is who's pitching well at Columbus right now is there is there a starter that you could bring up you know and what and you know so I you've got to look at it two ways you know do you make the move and who do you replace them with so I right now I think they got to ride this out yeah you think of you know most of the guys at at Columbus uh, are most of the guys in pitching for your organizations in triple a are, are, are fifth star fifth, fourth or fifth starters at best. Those are the guys who get, you know, year long jobs in, in triple a are, you know, guys like that, that um, sort of aren't necessarily the, the high, the high talent guys, your, your, your double a pitching rotation or your young, you know, superstars who are going to make the jump. That's, you know, Bieber didn't pitch very long in triple a, you know, got guys make their, their stops in triple a only to get brought up really quickly. Uh, that's why a guy like Daniel Espino, who's on the injured list in, uh, 
in Akron is a is a is a guy who who could be up with this club if they decide to make a change. But right now he's hurt, so that's not a possibility. Yeah, I mean that's where the talent is. That's where Gavin Williams is, and and Logan T. Allen, you know those those guys. You know though that's where you know that at Double A, and are they ready to make the jump? It's you know that's a tough jump to make from Double A. We don't have to call him Logan T. Allen anymore. Oh, yeah. He's the only Logan Allen in the organization right now. We don't have to be specific. I, I, it's fine. It, it's force of habit, right? We're we're good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I. Change is hard. Change is <clears throat> change should only be made if necessary, or if if these guys are killing you. I don't think right now, police or Savali are, are killing you in the. You know, you might not have a chance to win every game that they pitch, but more than most, you're going to be in games when they're when they're starting. So, uh, yeah. right now, and for where this team is right now, I think uh, I think they stick around and you, and you try to get better with them. Yeah. And uh, Joe, that's a good point. Uh, where are they now? I mean, they're seven <laughs> games back. They're yeah. seven games back of the Twins. The Twins are eight and two in their last ten. Uh, White Sox five and five, and the and the uh, you know the Guardians are eighteen and twenty one, three and se- three and seven in their last ten. They're starting to lose contact here, yeah. and uh, you know the Twins obviously they won six straight. They, they've had the easy part of their schedule. Uh, you know, they, the, in their five, in their six game winning streak, five of those wins have come against Kansas city and Detroit. So it, it looks like the schedule's starting to flip now with, uh, you know, after Houston, the guardians will play uh, Detroit and then Kansas city comes in. So, you know, this is a time where they've, they've got to get going here because you lose con- seven games. That's, 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 that's a, that's a mountain. That's not yeah, a big mountain, You but you get to double digits. That's not good. It's going to take, uh, you know, a week of, of playing good baseball to make up even half of seven games. So, uh, you know, that's you've got to play at a, at a pretty high level to do that. Yeah, it, it, the time is is coming. And, and I don't I don't see anybody on the, the Guardian side sort of panicking about it. I think it's uh, this is I think this is what they knew was going to be happening this year. So. Uh, they're right about where they maybe expected to be. Uh, and heck the, uh, the white Sox, all they have to do is, is play a few more games against the Yankees to, to get them fired up. Uh, we saw what's, what's going on with Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, two of our, as, as guardians, uh, you know, followers and, and fans, it's two of our favorite, uh, you know, personalities out there, uh, you know, clashing over, uh, comments and remarks, uh, Josh Donaldson, completely inappropriate calling uh, referring to Tim Anderson as Jackie Robinson uh, and, and getting a one game suspension for it. Uh, Boy, things are just lovely in the Bronx. They've got one of the best teams they've had in years. And, you know, they've got fans throwing stuff at players on the field and players making racist comments to other players on the field. This is just, it's, it's a zoo, isn't it? It's the Bronx zoo, the Bronx zoo. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's there's always something going on in the Bronx. That's that's the best part. But uh, hopefully, you know, we don't we, the the uh, you know we don't hear any more Jackie Robinson comments. That there's no place for that in baseball. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a competitive game. You try to get under each, each you know the opponents. You know, try to needle them. And uh, but you know that's that's a, that's a bridge too far right now. 
Yeah, and, and don't don't misconstrue. You know, talking about Jackie Robinson is is fine and it's revered and it's something that baseball should do, but not using Jackie Robinson as a way to deride another player, uh, especially a, an African American player. That's uh, that's way out of bounds. And you know, the Yankees knew what they were getting when they traded for Josh Donaldson. They knew he was a jackass on other teams, and 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 people didn't like him. So uh, you know, it, it's whatever you, you, you choose your bed, you lie in it. That's, uh, that's what they got. And, but it's the, it's the entitlement and the, the idea that now Yankees fans are say, well, you know, you wouldn't, if he played for any other team, you wouldn't be, you know, so up in arms about this. No, if anybody, if he played on, you know, the, if he played on the reds, if he played on, he played on a last place team, if he was making racist comments to other players, he'd be getting called out about it. Yeah. There's one question, Joe. Aaron Judge, 17 home runs. Um, Jose Ramirez, 11. You know, are they are they one and two in the MVP race right now? Well, okay, so Judge plays for the Yankees. If Judge leads the league in home runs, he's going to win the MVP, and it doesn't matter what Jose Ramirez does. The stat guys, the uh, the, the stat cast darlings, the, the OPS, the on-base, all that stuff, it's not going to matter. If Aaron Judge leads the league in home runs, he's going to win the MVP hands down. And there are, you know, the national guys, the the, the New York media, they'll uh, they'll make sure that that happens, and they'll make sure that he gets a you know four hundred million dollar contract uh, for, from the Yankees coming at the exact right time. If you're Aaron Judge, uh, is Aaron Judge going to stay healthy enough? Yeah, we've seen that. That's you know, the question. If if Aaron Judge is healthy. And he hits 65 home runs this year. Yeah. Aaron Judge wins the MVP, and it doesn't matter what Jose Ramirez does. Yeah. And what a you know, what a bet on Judge bet on himself and yeah. turned and, down that big contract. And uh and he's having a great start to the season. And and I'd love to see it out of a player on any other team. <laughs> it, just because he plays for the Yankees, I, I think he gets more credit when he succeeds and and more, you know, scrutiny when he, when he fails. And I, you know, God, God love Jose Ramirez for staying in Cleveland because <laughs> what a, you give up the the chance to be an MVP when, when judge is playing in New York, that's, that's exactly what it is. And I like judge, I, you know, judge kind of led the charge out there to in the outfield when the, they were throwing uh, Yankee fans were throwing <laughs> stuff at straw and, and Mercado, you know, he, he ran out there to calm things down. So I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't not like the guy because of, of who he is. I just don't like the guy because of where he plays for. That's just, <laughs> hey, that's Cleveland, man. Hey, you know, I, I'm a long time. I've, I've, I've watched those guys, uh, you know, treat Cleveland baseball players like they're second class citizens. So, uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, one more game here tonight in Houston, uh, Cal Quantrill. Christian Javier on the mound should be another great pitching matchup. Uh, let's see what Cal Quantrill can do against this Houston lineup that, you know, last night finally started to, to look like the Houston lineup that we expected to see. Yeah, it's going to be a great test for Quantrill and Quantrill's pitching well. So, you know, it's going to be a great game, good game, interesting game to watch. All right, Hoinsey, we will check back uh, in with you. I believe tomorrow we'll have a special edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast in conjunction with our Browns beat reporters talking about 
uh, these situations with uh, Trevor Bauer and Deshaun Watson. You were able to, to sit down and record something with, uh, with our Browns beat writers. And uh, I'm really looking forward to listening to that tomorrow. Yeah, that was interesting, Joe. I think uh, our listeners are going to like that. They're going to enjoy it at least. And it's kind of, you know, just kind of sets the framework of both uh, processes that are going on right now. We'll talk to you again live on Friday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast.